Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? How about that cold front this week? Was that not unusual, especially for Texas? That was fantastic. And we got some rain, got a cold front, and um, God is good. He continues to amaze us and surprise us. So uh, it was a good week. If you're visiting with us, we're kind of in the middle of a sermon series. I'll explain that more here in a little bit. We're so glad to have you with us. And I hope you stay for our classes today. Maybe you're familiar with the book, Heaven is for Real. Maybe you've read that book. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's a true story about a four-year-old boy, Colton Burpo, who during an emergency appendectomy claims to have had a near-death experience. A near-death experience is simply he said he saw God. He saw things on the other side. And so his dad wrote a book about things that happened because Colton was describing events and people that he shouldn't have known anything about. He described his sister, his miscarried sister that he would have known nothing about. He describes his grandpa who died 30 years before he was even born. He described things in detail And so a movie was made, I think it came out in April of this year. Maybe y'all saw the movie. Anybody see that movie by any chance? Quite a few of y'all. The book came out in 2000 and, uh, let's see, 2010. It debuted at number three. When the movie came out, it became an instant bestseller, stayed on the number one list for a while. We like stories about near-death experiences. We like Stories about people who seem to have have gone to the other side. Oh, we're not sure. We have a lot of questions. We might even say they're a little wacky. And we question a lot of things about that. But you know what? We haven't been there. So we don't know. So when someone claims to have gone to the other side and, and seen things that we have questions about, it sparks our interest. Maybe you remember the book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, about Don Piper, who claims to have spent 90 minutes in heaven until he was prayed back to this side. He writes in his book, let me give you a quote from his book, he said, I was home. I was where I belonged. I wanted to be there more than I had ever wanted to be anywhere on earth. And yet he was prayed back to this side. Listen, folks, I, I, don't, I don't know where heaven is. We always seem to look up. I don't know what heaven will be like. I don't know what we're going to be doing in heaven. But there's some questions that I get asked a lot about heaven. So we're in a series we're calling simply Questions I Get Asked. And so two weeks ago, we looked at, we kind of lumped some of them together. Does your church have a dress code? Do I have to dress up to come to your church? What if I don't have a coat and tie? Will I get kicked out if I don't dress correctly? I appreciate all your comments that I match more appropriately today (laughs) compared to that day. Last week, we looked at these questions, this question, why doesn't your church have a piano, organ? Can't you afford one? Why doesn't your church believe in music? So we talked about music. We talked about instrumental music. Next week's going to be our last lesson. I'm just going to whet your appetite a little bit. Is everybody going to be saved? Will I be saved? 
Do I have to go to this church to be saved? I mean, surely God's going to save everybody, right? Okay, this week, um, let's see if we can do it a couple of different ways. Here's um, some questions. What happens when I die? Probably one of another one of my top five questions I get asked. It get asked a bunch of different ways. What happens to my friends when they die? What happens to loved ones when they die? Where do we go when we die? Do I have any control over where I go when I die? Yeah, we don't like to talk about death a whole lot. Oh, we want to go to heaven. We hope we go to heaven. We want everybody to go to heaven. But what's going to happen when I die? Those are some good questions. It reminds me of the two preachers in a small town. They ran into each other and one of them said, Oh, you're the preacher that believes in once saved, always saved. To which that preacher said, Oh, you're the preacher that believes, I hope I'm going to be saved. Maybe I need to illustrate a little better. We sing, when the roll is called up yonder, I hope I'll be there. To Canaan's land, I hope I'm on my way. Because that's what we do. We've got questions. And when we get closer to death, I, I hope when I die that I go to heaven. I hope when I die. So we've got questions about heaven. And our imaginations, we, we're just kind of left to our imaginations. So when we hear about near-death experiences where people go to the other side, I mean, we listen. We, we kind of hold on to that. We're not sure if it's true, but there's some things that we want to be true because we just kind of wonder. Remember the movie Field of Dreams? Kevin Costner was in that, and he builds a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield, and former players, former dead players come back and play on that field, and there's Shoeless Joe Jackson that was played by Ray somebody. And he comes to the character played by Kevin Costner and he says, looking at the baseball field, is this heaven? No, this is Iowa. But our minds begin to wander, so we'll listen to John Denver. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains. And you're thinking, heaven is West Virginia? We go to a restaurant and the meal is really good and we'll say, I must have died and gone to heaven. The Dallas Cowboys win another Super Bowl and we think something must have froze over. Sorry. We've got a lot of questions, so all I know to do is to give you some Bible today. All right? So let's see what the Bible says. Let's start out with this one. You're going to die. Well, thanks, Rich. Thanks for starting with a real positive note. That just, whoo, thanks. I I hope you didn't hear that for the first time today. You're going to die. Let me give you some scriptures here. Philippians 1. Paul says dying's not a bad thing. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Oh, I don't know if I look at death like gain. But Paul says... I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So he says, death is not a bad thing. You get to be with Jesus. That ought to be pretty appealing. Let me give you another scripture, Hebrews 9. It's appointed unto man once to die and then to face judgment. Oh, that's what gets our attention. I'm going to die. 
And thinking about death sometimes scares us to death. I, you know, I, just, I don't want to think about that. So I'm just, I'm just going to go on. But Jesus said, I don't, I don't want you to be troubled. We read that today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Oh, sure, Jesus, that's easy for you to say. Jesus said, look, listen. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled about death. Don't let your hearts be troubled about eternity. Don't let your hearts be troubled about anything. Just believe in Jesus. So the first thing I wanted you to know is you're going to die. I don't know if you've thought about that much. I don't know if you've planned your funeral. A lot of folks do that. They plan in detail. They plan everything about their funeral. Who's going to be the pallbearers, what they want said, the music that's going to do, the, the clothes they want to wear. A lot of people think about that and plan for that and even get ready for that. But there's also a lot of people, it's like, hey, can let's just go to another point. When you die, you get a new body. Now, that ought to be appealing to some of y'all. Just saying. Let's <clears throat> see what Scripture says. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind, animals have another, birds have another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, splendor of earthly bodies is another. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Think about it. We spend billions of dollars to make our bodies look good. Why? You're going to get a new body. We go to the gym to get in shape. We go to the gym to stay in shape. We go to the gym to find our shape. Guess what? When you die, the Bible says you're going to get a new body. Now, there's a lot of appeals about that. Think about all the stuff that goes wrong with our earthly bodies. The sickness, the colds, the flu, cancer, arthritis, pain, suffering, loss of sight, loss of hair, loss of hearing, loss of memory. High cholesterol, blockage of veins, rashes, ingrown toenails, outgrown bellies. They're gone. In heaven we get a new body. That ought to be appealing to you. Let's see what else happens. When you die, you get a new home. That ought to be pretty appealing to some of y'all. We buy houses, we buy another house, we sell and we buy another house, we love our homes. But look at what the Bible says. We look forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. We're going to get a new home. No more mowing, no more edging, no more watering, no more termite repair, no more painting, no more any of that stuff. We get a new home built by God. That ought to be pretty appealing to us. Let's see what else happens when we die. When you die, there's plenty of room at the end. Let me tell you what I mean by that. There's a lot of people who ask me, are there only so many people going to be in heaven? Is, is God only going to let in X number? Are there only going to be 144,000? Is it limited? Back to Scripture. In my Father's house are many rooms. Not limited rooms. Not a few rooms. There's many rooms. And Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place. And if I'm going to prepare a place and prepare a room for you, I'm going to come back. But there's a lot of people that think there's going to be a limited amount of rooms. I don't know where heaven is, but location is not the issue. I don't know how big heaven is, but size is not the issue. I don't know how many people will be in heaven, but occupancy is not the issue. 
God wants everyone to be saved. What else happens when I die? When you die, heaven will be a time of reunion. Big question. Will I see friends? Will I see loved ones? Will I see people who have died? That's why Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. They had a question. Hey, what about the people who've already died? What about the people who've already gone to sleep? And he says, I don't want you to be uninformed about those people. I like the way Scripture says it this way from the message. There will be one huge family reunion with the Master. So you're going to see friends and loved ones in heaven. I have found no place in Scripture that suggests we're going to have memory loss. That God's going to wipe out our memories. In fact, at the transfiguration of Jesus, you remember that? Peter, James, and John are there, and Moses and Elijah appear. I mean, they're dead. And Moses and Elijah appear, and it fascinates me. That's going to be one of the questions I have when I get to heaven. How did Peter, James, and John know who Moses and Elijah were? I mean, they didn't have pictures. They didn't have photographs. They didn't have DVD. I mean, were they wearing name tags? Was there something about them? Did Jesus have to say, hey, Peter, James, and John, let me introduce you to... There was some kind of recognition. In fact, Paul writes in his letters, he's going to have great pride and great joy when he sees people in heaven that he's converted. So nowhere in Scripture do I find that there's going to be any memory loss. You remember the rich man and Lazarus? Hey, can you go, can you go, I got five brothers, so he still remembered he had five. Can you go tell them so they don't end up where I end up? God's going to wipe away our tears. Nowhere do I find that he's going to wipe away our memory. Listen, folks, it's going to be a huge family reunion. I know, I believe, I'm going to see my dad in heaven. I'm going to see family in heaven. It's going to be a great time of reunion. When you die, there's going to be lots of no mores. Didn't know how else to say that. Let me give you some scripture. No more hunger, no more thirst, no more sunburns, no more scorching heat, no more tears. No more tears, no more death, mourning, crying, pain, no more impurities, no more night, no more light needed, no more sun. I mean, Jesus is going to be the light. I like what Randy Alcorn says. Things that won't be in heaven, here's his no mores. No death, no suffering, no funeral homes. No abortion clinics, no psychiatric wards, no rape, missing children, drug rehab centers, no bigotry, no muggings, killings, no worry, depression, economic downturns, no wars, no unemployment, no anguish over failure, miscommunication, no con men, no locks, no death, no mourning, no pain, no boredom, no arthritis, no handicaps, no cancer, no taxes, no bills, no computer crashes, no weeds, no bombs, drunkenness, no traffic jams, accidents, no septic tank backups. No mental illness, no unwanted emails, no clicks, no put-downs, no hidden agendas, no backroom deals, no betrayals. No, a lot of stuff that we spend our lives consumed with. No more. No more in heaven. Let's see what else we've got here. When you die, you're going to get new clothes. Now, most likely that's a little more appealing to women than men. You get new clothes. A couple of weeks ago, do we have a dress code at this church? I hope not. Is there a dress code in heaven? Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to be clothed with Christ. We're going to talk more about that next week. Those who win the victory will be clothed in white. 
Revelation also says we're going to be given white robes. We're going to get new clothes when we die and we go to heaven. How about this one? When you die, there will be rest. Does that sound appealing, y'all? I mean, you're already thinking about a nap today. Still kind of overcast, go home. You've already planned your nap. When I get home from church, after we go to eat, honey, I'm laying down. I'm just saying, I need a, a nap. Can I tell you what Scripture says? Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. They will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest. Also rests from his own work, just as he did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. Rest. You tired from this world? Tired of the rat race? Tired of the bills? Tired of thinking about retirement? Tired of wondering if you can retire? Tired of the day-to-day grind? Tired of this world? When you die... The Bible says you will rest. When you die, you'll be rewarded. Let me give you this scripture. As for me, my life is already... This is Paul. He's about to die. My, my life's already being poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought the good fight. I finished the race and I've remained faithful. Now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And the prize not just for me, but all, for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. When you die, don't ask me what the rewards are, but the Bible says we're going to be rewarded. We're going to get some kind of crown. We're going to get some kind of mansion. You know, we sing, I've got a mansion over... I don't know how accurate that is, but God's got a mansion. There's going to be stuff that we're rewarded with. I don't know what it is, but reward sounds good to me. So when you die, there will be a reward. How about this one? When you die, save the best for last. You're going to see Jesus. You're going to see God. Oh, there's family I want to see. You know I can't wait to see my dad again. Dad's going to have to stand in line. We get to see God. And out of all the questions I get asked, I got questions for God. Let me give you some scripture. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him and they will see His face. Remember what Jesus said, I'm I'm going to prepare a place and I'm coming back to get you, so I'm going to see Him. 1 John 3, 2, when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. The Lord Himself will come down from heaven and we will meet the Lord. So when you die, you're going to see God. Now, I'm saying that as a plus. I'm saying that as a positive. I'm hoping that you're not afraid of that. I hope you're not thinking, oh, great. When we die, we get to see Jesus and we get to see God. So... I'm going to give you a better question here in a second. Being a preacher, I do funerals. Doing funerals, you meet with family. You meet with family, and one question seems to be at the top of the list. Will my loved one be in heaven? I've done funerals from A to Z. 
I've done funerals from church going to never been in church. Will my loved one be in heaven? I hope you know that whatever I say is not going to change whatever's been done. But that's what people want to hear. That's what you want me to tell you today. Everybody here today, if you came to church today, if you died today, you're, you're going to be in heaven. It's not mine to say. We'll talk about that more next week. It's, it's not mine to say. As a matter of fact, the choice is yours. I mean, there's a lot of people that think that God's going to flip a coin and, whoop, ah, yeah, sorry, you lost, you're going to hell. There's a lot of people who ask, how can a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. It's our choice. It's your choice. I can go to Brahms. I can go to Baskin Robbins. I can get any flavor of ice cream I want. There's a, way too many choices. I can go to Sport Clips and get a haircut now and not just walk in and get a haircut. Do you want this or this or this? Sometimes we don't even want choices. But let me tell you something. Where you spend eternity, you get to decide. It's not up to God. God's already done everything that He can do to get you to decide. God sent His Son to die on the cross so that you would decide. God sent Jesus to die so that we would live for Him. In fact, that's probably a better question. Will you choose to live for Jesus now? Because if you choose to live for Jesus now, you don't need to be afraid of death. Because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what we read in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says the dead in Christ will be raised to meet Him in the air. So if you live for Jesus, you don't need to fear death. I like this scripture from the New Living Translation. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. If we live like Jesus here in this world, we don't have to worry about death. In fact, you know what? You don't need a near-death experience to see Jesus. You just need a death experience. You know, no matter what you think about our church, this church, any church that talks about baptism or preaches baptism, let me tell you what baptism is. It's a death experience. You're buried with Christ and you're raised to live a new creation. It's a death experience. You're buried with Christ. You die to your old self so that you can live in Christ, live for Christ on this earth. And when you live for Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of dying. Baptism is not what we teach so you can be in this church. Baptism is not what we teach so we can be different from other churches. Baptism is what we teach so you can be in Jesus. Because those who are in Jesus will be with Jesus. So you don't need a near-death experience, you just need a death experience. So you can be baptized anytime you want, but the choice is yours. Where you spend eternity is up to you. If you want to spend eternity in heaven, it's up to you. If you want to spend eternity in hell, it's up to you. It's your choice. It's not up to God. A couple thousand years ago, He did everything He could to sway your decision so that you would live for Jesus because God loves you so much He wants to spend eternity with you. When I die, will I, will I go to heaven? I have no doubt whatsoever. I have full assurance in what I read in Scripture. God wants me to know that I will be with Him. And I believe that 
and I live that way. Oh, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. But you know what? I want to be with Jesus. And so my behavior changes. My speech changes. My life changes. Everything about my life, as Scripture says, I'm looking forward to the day that I meet Jesus in the air. Listen, folks, you get to decide where you spend eternity. So you don't have to ask me. You don't have to ask a friend. You get to decide. We're going to get a little more specific next week as to who's where. But as for today, how about you make a decision for Jesus? How about you give your life to Jesus? How about, you know, Scripture says today is the day of salvation. How about you resolve today that no matter what has influenced you up to now, you resolve today that you're going to be a Christ follower. You choose today. You can change your eternity today. You can change the direction of your life Today, if you give your life to Jesus, if you need to be baptized into Jesus Christ, you can come down front and we will assist you. If you need to meet with one of our shepherds to confess sin, they will meet you in the back and pray with you in a private room. If you need to respond to the invitation, resolve now today to live for Jesus as we stand and sing.